What's up, everybody? This is episode number 245 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for, what, Tuesday? Yep. Uh, what's the date? March 8th. <laughs> March 8th, 2022. Um, my name is Josh, and I'm here with my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing good. Uh, I, I am doing a lot better health-wise because I was dealing with this rash and all these hives and all this other shit that was just really frustrating and honestly kind of scary but i've gotten it under control so um this is a podcast about uh unsolved mysteries and we actually watched this uh special which was a uh patreon request uh called area 51 the alien interview from 1997 on youtube and if and if this is to be believed uh, essentially what we're looking at is the first footage of an alien being being interviewed. Except it's not really an interview, but we'll, we'll get, <laughs> we will get to that sooner. I mean, sure. The alien didn't show up on David Letterman's, uh, you know, studio and he's not promoting his new book. I'm just imagining that. <laughs> just saying. And here we have, uh, uh, our next guest, a alien. Uh, e- a real e- life alien. EBM one zero one. Come on down. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is a documentary that was uh, requested. For That's us a very talk- loose term. A documentary. <laughs> yeah, it's more of like a shockumentary kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Over dramatized. It probably aired on. I don't. I don't think it aired on Fox. I think it aired on a competing network. It sounds like something that might have aired on UPN. Yeah. around the time, because I think Fox was done after the alien autopsy documentary. Oh, did that air on Fox? That, yeah, and that created a shit storm of controversy for Fox because it was debunked pretty quickly, and people were just like. Yeah, this is fake. Like, what the hell is this? And they were like, oh, we're sorry. You know. So they didn't want to take another chance with Area 51. They should have made interview. They should have made like a like a, a disclosure statement at the beginning. Like, hey, we're not saying, you know, make up your own mind. You know, whether- I think they did, but it didn't matter. Uh, they still <laughs> caught shit for it. Yeah, that's one thing on this this show that we watched. um, Recently, they bring up that alien um, autopsy video a lot, and they're talking about how clearly fake it was and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I thought that video looked pretty damn good, personally. Like, I, I, I didn't... I didn't think it looked as authentic. Uh, if we're talking about something that's trying to be simulated uh, authenticity... When it comes to, like, the realism of it, I don't think that that was as good as as the interview tape here because it had that sort of uh grindhouse quality probably isn't the right word for it but it had a certain quality to it that seemed a little bit less polished a little bit less uh uh hollywood so i i I can see why people saw the alien interview tape on this special and were like oh my god aliens are real ah but I can also see why people laughed at it and thought it was fake. So this show is hosted by Stephen Williams, you said? Yes, uh, it's hosted by Stephen Williams, a actor who was on the X-Files. Uh, he was also uh, a 
co-star in the film Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday, a film that I, I really enjoy. He played uh, the Jason Hunter, Creighton Duke. So it was really cool to see him in this. And I thought he did a great job as a host. I, I thought he had uh, the right approach. Like he still played it straight for the most part. But there were moments where he was tongue-in-cheek a little bit, or you could just kind of tell like the way that he was uh, reading the lines or the way that he was carrying himself, that he was having fun with it. And uh, Yeah, uh, I think that I, I, I definitely feel like at certain points he was a little comically over the top. Like there, t- yeah. more towards the middle, there's a scene where yeah. he's like, He's like sitting on a couch and and like and it's also how they light him too because they like and they were yes. like lighting him from below so it's almost like like holding the flashlight under your chin if you're uh-huh. about to sk- tell a scary story like they're literally lighting him like you're sitting by a campfire and someone's about yeah. to tell a scary story but that was the style back then that was the style for these '90s shockumentaries unsolved like, mysteries never went definite. that low brow no. But there were some moments where you'd have Robert Stack under the spotlight or whatever, and he'd say something cheeky. So, like, it, it's it's not entirely out of the realm. Uh, Honestly, I, I will say with this. Robert... I wish Stephen Williams was the host of the reboot series. Yeah. Because he would have done a way better job than uh, Dennis Farina. Uh, oh yeah, the one that they did in two thousand eight or whatever. It's st- I still mm-hmm. would have hated the show because how they mangled the segments and they. Oh yeah, they... I wouldn't have cared for it either. But at least I wouldn't be ragging on the host. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh god, I mean they could have literally do- gotten anybody, be- and they would have been better than. Dennis I think Tony Turner. Todd would be awesome. I still think Tony Todd would be awesome. Like his voice is very, uh, uh much suited for that kind of stuff. God, what a name! I mean, just Tony Todd. Yeah, have you uh, seen Candyman? Because uh, that's what he's well known for. And if you ever do check that film out, uh, his voice is a very integral part of that film and a big part of its chill factor in terms of you know how it creeps you out and, and gives you chills. And like he's got that deep, booming baritone... Like it could really work. That's all Robert Stack needed to be scary. He didn't need no flashlight under his chin. Just let that motherfucker walk around in a smoky church with with just his bare tone voice. I think Tony Todd could pull that off too, man. Yeah. Well, he's got two first names, so I don't like that. But everything else is fine. I guess. <laughs> but anyway, this special, I really liked the first like twenty minutes of it, where it was uh, talking about these potential instances of aliens being recovered from crashes and taken to Area 51 and interrogated or uh, interviewed. Like, that that was interesting to me. I, I also felt, for the most part, the production values on the reenactments were pretty good. Uh, I will say this, though. They looked way better in black and white. When they started cutting in the color uh, uh, versions of these reenactments, then the cracks and the cheap uh, cheapness of uh, the makeup effects and, and the effects in general really started to come through. I think that was a bad call. Bad call, Ripley. I think it was a bad call to have those uh, random color uh, sequences. I thought there was. Also- I thought the reenactments, as far as like the aliens went and all that. I thought. I thought those were comically awful. Um, uh, I've seen. I've seen way worse. Well, I mean, way, way, way worse. 
Honestly, the alien bodies in the in the Roswell episode of Unsolved Mysteries looks really Oh, yeah. Re- those I mean, they, really were, be- they were better. That, I was, I mean, I'm not if you saying- let me finish my statement, Mike, I was going to say they looked <laughs> way worse. Like, <laughs> Yeah. We're like that couple uh-huh. where, like, he can complete my sentences. They're wrong, but he still completes <laughs> them. <laughs> No, that's I, a great way to put it. I thought I thought the bodies on the Roswell and Saw Mysteries looked looked awful. I thought they looked like styrofoam that they painted mm-hmm. over. Um, these looked a little better than that, but I still thought they. I mean, I get it. It's a reenactment. It's just supposed to be like a visual, uh, you know, yeah. interpretation. It's not supposed to be like. But I mean, damn, you know, you see these movies and like there's some great looking like costume design. I know. And, like the I know it can't compare to Fire in the Sky and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I get that's like a budgetary thing and all that, but um, yeah, I, I would I would say like the first half of it was pretty interesting, and it's something that I would definitely normally watch, like just as a fan of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But but when it gets to the actual interview with the alien and that Victor yeah, douche, it, the whole thing goes off the rails. Yeah, it does. It does. It, it it's no longer something that's plausible because it was somewhat plausible to me as as over the top and as crazy as it sounded because i'm like yeah i could totally see the government doing shit like that yeah if they did recover aliens i could see them taking them and putting them in a uh secluded area blocked off from the rest of the world and do interviews and i've always found that stuff to be really fascinating interesting ever since uh i was a kid like aliens and the idea of area 51 and what if the government was secretly using alien technology? You know, that kind of stuff. And so that really tapped into that particular vein for me. Uh, and I just thought it would, I thought it was kind of cool that there is a theory that maybe we worked with aliens and we created a, a new form of, uh, of uh, communication, a language with symbols where we could communicate with them. I thought that was a really, uh, nice sentiment uh i highly doubt we actually went through that much effort uh if that was the case (laughs) yeah so i'll um i got a few points here that kind of guides us through the actual show or whatever so we can kind of stay in order with everything so it opens up with uh our man mr bob lazar who at this point has become the just the resident like go-to guy for um some somewhat credible uh stories mm-hmm. about working at Roswell. I will say this about Bob. Uh Bob is a guy who definitely did appear like he knew what he was talking about. Yeah. So I could see why a lot of people bought into what he was saying and they felt that it had some truth to it. I could see it. Like he he's he puts on a really good act. Do you I mean, believe even, what he's saying? Even uh was it Art Bell? Yeah. Even he was convinced that at at a certain point. Did I'm he not Did he ever get debunked or anything like that? I don't know if he did or 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 not. I it, it just it's just one of those things where you know that old adage if it sounds like it's too good to be true, it it more than likely is. Yeah, I, I really feel that way when it comes to uh, Bob Lazar and his in-depth knowledge of Area 51. It just it just seems way too detailed and way too uh, uh, full of 
intricacies. Like it's one of those things where it's like it's very detailed to the point and that might make it appear as if it's real, but it, it's also one of those things where maybe he's trying to obfuscate the fact that he's full of shit and he's just doing it for publicity. Like the um, person being interviewed by the police detective and their story is just too perfect. Like they have every detail down to a science. Yeah. And the, that, that, because uh-huh. that will, if you don't have enough detail, that throw, that makes them suspicious. And if you have too many details, that will also yeah. make them suspicious. Because it just seems like stuff, you know, you could have read in a, in a novel or something and incorporated that into his whole persona. Or it's just one of those things where, I, I would love for it to be true, but at the same time, if it was true, you think he would have been silenced by now? Right. Well, that's like, another thing been, I was going to you know? say is that, like, I mean, with as much info as this guy that this guy has disseminated upon media outlets all over the world, like, the government would have taken him out by now if there was credence to it, you would think. I mean, or maybe, or maybe not. Maybe they, it ties into one of my theories that the ultimate deterrent is the conspiracy theory itself. It's the belief that, oh, uh, there's no way that any of this could be real. It's all fake. Uh, If it was real, this would happen. Right. And that's like the ultimate way to cover up anything. You don't even have to do anything really that crazy when it comes to an effort to try to cover it up. You could just be like, well, you know, people just think it's fake. I mean, when the the recent uh, UFO stuff was released, you still have people fake. That's not real. Like that. That's all CGI or or that's a bug on the windshield. You know that kind of stuff. So you still had that. It's already installed in there, in in the in the subconscious or in people's mindsets when it comes to ufos or aliens i love I, I still i still got to reiterate i love how the government pretty much went out and said yes we acknowledge the existence of ufos and here's some footage we have and just the utter just uh apathy from the public at this I point know. Everyone's, exactly. just, everyone's just like ah eh, that's great you know i, I or that or they just uh, automatically say it's fake like, I got COVID, I've been out of work for, like, eight months, <laughs> you know, yeah, fuck it, yeah, great, aliens, you know. You should, you should see uh, the, the video that Eddie Burback did, where he talked about that, and he was just as uh, uh, puzzled as, as we both are, because he was just like, why are people more freaked out <laughs> about aliens? <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, they got Bob Lazar and they kind of they're kind of establishing like the whole um you know, h- him talking about the sport model of the UFO, the flying saucer that was uh, gathered from I guess Roswell, the Roswell yeah. crash and um he was talking about the insides of the UFO and how it had like three different levels and uh-huh. um there was um you know, everything was pretty much smooth and even yeah. the chairs and everything, it was all like one piece of uh, metallic. He also wasn't able to go up to the third level yeah. because it was blocked off to him. Yeah, he said he has, he didn't know what was up there, which made me like, well, now I want to know what's up there. Is that where all the real <laughs> secrets are in the top level of the UFO? He was well, that was, that's probably a big part of his story. You know, keep you speculating, keep you wondering, keep you wondering if he'll maybe reveal that information in an interview just got to keep listening to bob 
Maybe he will tell you. Yeah. But so the truth. He's talking about that stuff and um one one other interesting thing about that UFO thing is that they mentioned that there was a, a model kit that of, <laughs> I thought of that was UFO. such a I thought that was such a random detail to throw into the show. But it's interesting because of the fact that if that is something that's based off of like what he said he saw, then that's a really crazy coincidence. So at some point in the show, they they mention this um, company that makes these repli- these like toy replicas that you can build or whatever, and mm. that quote unquote sport model of the flying saucer. Um, and there was like a gray that they were selling to an actual alien or whatever like replica. And mm-hmm. they were saying uh, on the show, they're like, you know, to this day, the sport model is the best selling um, replica of all time <laughs> for their company. And I'm like, oh, OK, uh, that adds to the credibility of all of this because, um, <laughs> you know, maybe I, it just adds to the fact that people are into UFO stuff. I guess I, I, I don't know. That they want to know more. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, then they interview another guy called David Dare, and he worked for NASA in some capacity. This 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 guy reeked a bullshit. To um, me too. but like the whole way they shot it too, like the the guy David Dare. First of all, it's in black and white for reasons I don't know because he's like driving his sports car down the road with the roof off and like. The cameraman's in the passenger seat, and he's pointing. It's like ca- a mix of black and white and color. Because yeah. they do this, they did this a lot, where they'd have some shots in black and white, and then some in color. Then they would do weird things with the camera, where they would tilt it, like they did something with Bob Lazar. Yeah, yeah, they the- they just completely tilted. Like it was a post production tilt too. Yeah, like- it wasn't really the camera. They just tilted the video. Yeah, they rotated it like like a, like a weird forty five degree angle, but. The the way they're filming this guy, that like it's it, it looks like a scene from like a like a like a cheesy flashback from like a yeah. show or something, and uh-huh. and he, he's in like this desaturated, almost black and white, and he's driving his sports car with his dark sunglasses on, and he's bald, which is I've heard is a no no. As a bald man, you do not buy a sports car with with where you can put the top down because it just it's not a good look. And maybe that's something I heard on a TV show a long time ago, but I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I think it might have been Kirby Enthusiasm or something. Larry David was like, he's like, yeah, bald men don't don't uh, drive sports cars with the top down or whatever. I don't know. Um, and he's talking about like he happened to see one of the crafts, and um, I guess uh, the people working on the project were wanting him to like use his NASA experience and and um you know re-engineer it and all that and i guess he yeah like, they wanted to re him they wanted him to re-engineer the engine and he was like i've never seen anything like it before i couldn't make any sense out of it yeah so then um they got uh sean david morton from uh and they name dropped the show uh, he's been on sightings and uh, yeah i love that <laughs> And that's I, the actually, first time I've ever heard that show name dropped, like because like I didn't even remember the show growing up. It, which it, it you was it do. was a big deal with uh, the paranormal community at the time because it, it yeah. was like the show for the paranormal community. Um, so this and, guy's like setting the groundwork for um, yeah. talking about in uh, nineteen uh, like forty nine, like a couple years after the Roswell crash, like one of the aliens survived and they. 
kept it at Area 51 as like that. That's still uncertain if he was either a, a guest or a prisoner or what. But he was the alien was there, and uh, basically the only way that you could um, really communicate with the alien was through a telepath. So. And you know this whole this whole I mean if if the idea of like some the government interviewing an actual alien at Area 51 isn't crazy enough, uh, the idea that they actually have to bring in a human being who apparently has the power of telepathy to intercept the communications through this alien, and then the person would have to tell these things to the interviewer. Um, I mean, I, for me. I, if the alien is that powerful, couldn't it just do that with anyone? Like, why did it? Why would it have to be a specific telepath? Couldn't it just right. be anyone? Anytime that it could we've just seen communicate through their head. All the cases that we've seen on unsolved mysteries involving aliens, they all say the same thing: the aliens communicated to the person with their eyes or with their mind, and basically told yeah. them what to do or whatever. And yeah, I mean, and, and these people are not people who claim to be telepaths, so. That was kind of, you know. But maybe at the same time, it's it's the government trying to act like they're you know a bigger deal than they really are. You know, they they, they kind of do that sometimes. Where we're like, oh, look how important we are. Like we have telepaths and we're communicating with aliens, but really it's just some just some guy. Who maybe they maybe it's only get. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's only the like advanced aliens that can tell can conduct tele- uh, telepathy with any being maybe oh, the, yeah, maybe okay. maybe the more rookie aliens or the younger aliens they, can only I think they did mention something that they might be younger aliens didn't they I think, yeah, I think that so... was something that they did mention at one point so maybe old Jethro there of the aliens uh the, the more dimmer one was left behind and they're like ah yeah they can have him he wasn't the brightest one of, of, of and the And that bunch explains anyway. why they didn't try to save him like other people tried yeah. to use as as evidence as to why the interview is fake or or why the whole idea or concept of the government having aliens hidden away and locked up yeah cuz they were saying they were saying not accurate they're like why why would um the aliens leave one of their own with a species that that could barely even conquer their own physical illnesses you know let alone you know this alien being um and then they go into the whole magic eyes document and or majestic that was eyes interesting the mat the ma- uh, majestic 12 yeah and they talked about how they're the clandestine operation that's working behind the scenes and it's behind all of this. Yeah, that was what the organization started by Woodrow Wilson that who he basically like started because he wanted to find the whole purpose of the operation was to find out more information about these UFOs that the fighters were seeing during World War II the in the people flying the uh the jets and all that, they would report seeing these these what or they called Or was that Operation Blue Book? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm get e- either way, whatever. Um, because I I thought the Majestic Twelve was the one uh, that uh, Eisenhower was it Eisenhower or was it was not Jimmy Carter? They mentioned something know. about Jimmy Carter. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. Either way, whatever. Um, some president. Some president. <laughs> this is about the alien interview. This isn't about getting all the all these details exactly right. It's all jumbled together in my mind somewhere, but it's not. You know, you don't go to this yeah. podcast for accuracy. Yeah. I, I, I um, know, but 
So anyway, they go through a history of that. And then they cut to uh, this this film company. It's called like what Rocket Films or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they're the ones that produced this uh, special, by the way. So in July 26 of 1996, this film company received a phone call from this guy who was calling himself Victor, and he was basically trying to sell this tape of this alien interview. And the the head of the company, I forget the guy's name. Um, he was just like, ah, this is too weird for me. I'm going to pass. And then he's like, after I hung up the phone, I got a really weird feeling, you know, like if this is, if this was real, this would be like the biggest revelation of like the 20th century or whatever. Yeah. Like w- when I heard that, like immediately a bunch of red flags started to pop up and I was like, yeah, that sounds scripted, like entirely 100% scripted to try to make it more dramatic and make it uh, a bigger deal than it really is uh now like the whole thing here i highly doubt he hung up the phone like who has ever fucking heard of rocket films other than you know people who did some research on this special and found out that they produced it because i didn't know they existed until i saw this special so who the hell are they to, oh, it was too wild for me, and I hung up the phone. Like, no, you probably picked up the phone, and you're like, oh, shit, I could sell the hell out of this. Aliens I see are big. gold in them there hills. Yeah, Aliens are really popular right now. The X-Files is one of the biggest shows on TV. Give me that tape. <laughs> Tell me yeah. all about it. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, you price. know, here herein lies the whole, like credibility thing. I don't even thing. think he gave him the tape anyway. They probably produced the, the Right, footage. that's what that's what I'm saying. Like I think I think this guy um in charge of this film company, I think he was in charge of everything because then when they finally get to the interview, the interaction between the in- so bad. The interviewer and the interviewee who is called Victor, who's in silhouette, and they uh, di- digitally altered his voice, which yeah. I, I will play for you here in a second. I I went into my music program, and I was actually able to pitch his voice up to uh-huh. how he actually sounds. Therefore, I don't I'll- even think that there was an actual interview that was shot, at least when it comes to like the back and forth you get from an, a real interview. I think they just shot the scenes with Victor saying all that stuff that was scripted. And then in post, they had some guy do some narration and ask the questions. Yeah. You never see the guy who's asking the questions. You don't even know who this guy is. And it sounds so obviously like something that was recorded after the fact. Yeah, the the quality of the narration the narration is like it sounds like voiceover quality like Yes. um like you know you you were you would be like in a post production type c- scenario usually if uh they happen to leave in cuz in interviews they always take out the person asking the question but sometimes yeah. sometimes they'll leave them in and anytime you see a scene in an interview where they leave the question in, the person's voice is always like echoey and the like off yeah. camera, and they actually put uh, subtitles of what the interviewer is asking at the bottom yeah. because that's how unmiked the guy is. That's usually how they do it. They don't have this guy right up to the microphone. And then not only is it like 
voiceover quality uh, in, in as far as the it's, interviewer's it's questions. It's obviously acted, too. That's oh, the yeah. other problem, Oh, too. yeah, the tone, the tone of his voice is just sounds totally like bullshit. He's like, he's like um, so how many times have you been to the Roswell facility? Oh, really? Uh, is it illegal to make tapes there? Uh, and like yeah, it's, it's it just so silly <laughs> and then you got victor victor is a sassy little bitch um th- this, this interview is over <laughs> no like victor and his little sassy like deep voice is his digitally modified voice he's like if you keep in this line of questioning i will not hesitate to terminate this interview and then he asks, like the like, interviewer the asks, are you the terminator shut up <laughs> The interviewer asked some some question that to me was very innocuous. It was something like, uh, I don't even remember what it is, but after he asked it, the guy just kind of like exhales very angrily and he, go, and he just gets up and he goes, this interview is terminated. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Who the fuck? And by the way, like, who the who fuck talks, talks like, like that? that? Unless they are the actual Terminator. Or unless you are they're terminated, <laughs> unless they're a- over dramatically acting to try to sell the the point yeah. that oh I am a I am a legitimate yeah uh, insider you know I mm. use I use terms like I say this interview is terminated I don't say this interview is over because I am I am yeah uh, very uh, high clearance level security over in uh, area fifty one. I actually 51. think that makes it worse if you just said this interview is over that would actually sound better. As if it was, you know, I, th- that's how I remembered. I forgot that he actually just said this interview was terminated. <laughs> I forgot that that's what he actually said. Um, Almost reminds me of this, this. Uh, this Oliver Tree interview. It's yeah. this artist named Oliver Tree, and he's kind of like this parody guy. And he, he like, he gets, Oliver gets angry at the end, end of the interview, and he, like, walks off camera. And then one of his, like, representatives walks over, and he goes, Oliver is done speaking. Yeah. Which I thought was funny. Um, I actually thought the interview was entertaining, but it was total fucking bullshit. Like one hundred percent, absolutely. It reeked of it. Uh, it's um, another one of those instances where someone is just way too detailed and just had, throws in all these things and seems to always have like an answer or or seems to be a little bit uh uh more tied into things in a way that just seems so fake and so scripted like the whole bit with him getting emotional about the alien and all of that like it, it, it's stuff to try to you know pry at you to like really get you invested yeah like <laughs> the acting wasn't that great either so like if he was a good actor then maybe you know maybe that would be a little bit more effective so yeah i did uh what i did was i went in and i i have this music program i'm able to pitch up so like obviously not everyone had this technology back in the 90s so like do like digitally altering someone's voice i guess would you know throw you off if you didn't you know well i mean i guess under, under any circumstance you wouldn't recognize the voice is that that's supposed to be the effect of it or whatever but i was able to go in with victor and his digitally altered voice and i pitched it up to where i believe is not about 90 percent accurate of what this dude actually probably sounds like so i'll play that now and towards the end of the clip it, um i shift it back to what he sounded like when they had him digitally pitched down so here's the clip 
You could have released this tape to the news media, but you insisted on being paid for it. Doesn't that cast doubt on your own motives? Yes, and I was aware of that going in, but that's a cross I'm prepared to bear. I find it disgusting that the most important event in human history is being kept secret simply because certain unimaginative officials have the power to do so. But at the same time, I do see the irony in my own actions. All I can say is, had I had the choice, I would not have insisted on profiting from this revelation. But since by lifting this veil, I've endangered not only my career, but possibly my... First of all, as I'm li listening to this right now, it just sounds like he's reading off of a script. Yeah. Like, as I'm like listening... Like I said, he's not that great of an actor. All right, let's finish this. Life, I felt the need for some small measure of monetary freedom to deal with any eventualities. But let me say, I could have demanded significantly more money than I did if I had been willing to compromise my anonymity. There have been other whistleblowers who jumped at the chance to become celebrities, which I think casts even more doubt on their motives than some people may be casting on mine. Do you believe? So yeah, at the end, I, I, I put his voice back down to where they had it. But like, yeah, when his voice is pitched up to normal uh, soundingness or whatever, normal soundingness, Jesus, my brain is great today. Um, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like he's just like reading off of a script. And obviously, the dude's in silhouette wearing like sunglasses and shit. So I mean, he very well yeah. could have been easily reading. He could have just been script. one of the actors in the reenactments, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, and um, so now let's get to the actual reveal. They actually reveal the alien being interviewed on the tape. And, and you have little bits from Victor again trying to, I guess, vaguely explain what might be happening. Right, so what we have is a dark room. It's it, Most of it's dark. Most of the, You can't see hardly any of the alien's body. You just see the alien's head. Mm -hmm. um and in its eyes and it's like kind of your typical gray but it's more it's more of like a fucking uh rotting flesh greenish yellow color rather than gray it, it, um, no it, yeah it looks more like the aliens from uh communion like that kind of of gray that kind of alien and we've all seen communion so that's a obvious example well i mean for those anyone who's familiar with you know ufo stuff i mean like the bad example with Wait, how is it a bad example? They mentioned Ridley St Whitley Stryber, the author of the novel Communion, in this special. Because I've never seen it, Mike. That's why it's a bad example. Well, the book is more well-known than, than the movie with Christopher Walken and Inflatable so, Aliens. So they, they, <laughs> they, Victor is explaining that the alien is mainly, it's as dark as it is because the, the aliens uh, prefer low light because apparently very brightly lit. Their their eyes are sensitive to light, I guess, or something I like mean, that. I mean, it kind of makes sense, maybe. Um, but at the same time, like that's like a, a big. It is a natural cover up for you know an effect, though. That's a big like deficiency in the alien body, which is supposed to be so advanced. Is like their eyes are sensitive to light. I mean, that seems well. Like... They they wear contacts. That's what the black lenses are. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's so that was probably the most interesting thing I thought about the alien autopsy video is they actually cut slits in you know like the the gray the typical gray has just black voids for eyes. Uh -huh. So what they did is they cut a slit into that black and they pulled it up and underneath the black slit was a big ass eyeball, which was very uh -huh. it was very freaky looking in the. Uh, alien autopsy video but yeah so so if aliens eyes are sensitive to light i guess maybe those black um 
lids that cover their eye is like a, a per, like a uh, helps prevent um, you know the the light sensitivity issue yeah. or or whatever it mitigates it. But the alien had those things going on, and I guess the room still needed to be dark. Now, uh, as they go on to interview people who are calling BS on it, um, a very good reason for that is so you're covering up any parts of the body that's going to look like a puppet or is going to look not convincing. So it's a great reason you're to You're covering make... up the puppeteers because that's, oh, yeah. that's what a lot of uh, uh, people in the industry who were doing uh, work with puppets or or makeup special effects that's what they would do they would set an effect up where you could have a puppeteer under the table and you would have like the alien on top of the table and you would have somebody doing work underneath the table so you wouldn't see it it would look really good on camera because i guess depending on whether or not the effect was well made but even then sometimes the effect could be well made and then it wouldn't look good on camera because the lighting would be poor but you, they would try to create the illusion of reality, you know, that this is a real alien on a table. And they would normally do a pretty good job with that. And that's because they were able to hide a lot of the stuff that was going on underneath. Uh, a lot of what you see in, you know, the Muppet Show or some of these other very puppet heavy stuff. It's all stuff that is set up in a way where the puppeteers are hidden from view. So it doesn't break the illusion. So if you have an alien who's popping its head up and, you know, doing whatever, and there's uh, people behind it who are trying to treat it or whatever with uh, uh, a handkerchief or, you know, trying to help it in terms of uh, dealing with whatever the heck it's going through in terms of its sickness, it would make sense that you would have the everything just hidden from view. The fact that there's a glass panel in front of everything that's another way to obscure things yeah um mike jumped a little ahead there with uh the video but um uh, 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 in addition to it being really dark the alien has some kind of um almost like a green led light on its uh like seemingly index finger and it's just tappy mctapperson with that finger man it's just tapping it up and down uh, I think and then Victor there a- is this like the green. I thought the green light was just a heart rate monitor. I don't think it was any any anything that the alien was doing. I thought it was. I mean, it was connected to the alien, but I think it was just something in the corner. Oh, I think Victor was saying that was that that was its way to like communicate or something like that was with hmm. the thing on the. I don't I don't know, but um, then it had these like screens that had that was monitoring something, and it had like a small observation window. Like a very, yeah. very, very small observation uh-huh. window. Um, it's uh, so it's showing the alien, and it's just kind of, you know, moving its head around very slightly. And I don't think it ever does it. Does it ever really open its mouth? I, I, I think there's like a little bit that goes on when that when it starts uh, drooling a su- drooling a substance. Let me, let me I could, pull if this I could say drooling for. Se- <laughs> For some reason, I'm struggling with that word. I'm going to pull this video up and see what's going on with the interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, you might be right. That might actually be a heart monitor rather than uh, him actually moving his finger up and down. Well, no. No, because... No, it's him moving his finger up and down. There's like a lie attached to it because it stays very stationary. Well, it could be both. Bit. 
It could be a heart monitor and it, a heart monitor, and it's attached to his finger. It could yeah. be both of those things, Mike. Yeah, because yeah. isn't there something that they do to 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 test uh, uh of someone's pulse with a with the the thing on the finger? Uh, I think that's a, that's a thing. Okay, it's both. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, the alien's just moving its head around. There's really it no does indica- have some moments like when it freaks out later on in the video. Yeah, like and it starts choking. So, so yeah, the mouth does move so a little bit. as the video goes on, the alien mm. interview, like people start surrounding the alien because he's starting to act more distressed and they um, they come in and they're like holding a flashlight up to its face and <laughs> trying to check think, for hemorrhaging in the yeah, eye. <laughs> I think when the, I think when they the the flashlight hits the eye was like the worst mistake for the people who are trying to sell this as a real alien because when that light hits the eye it just literally looks like hard like some hard plastic or hard um well i mean synthetic. Go, but i mean if you go off of their explanation that it's uh, a uh lens then you know that would fit that it would look like a hard piece of plastic or synthetic yeah but it it has no it just doesn't look real like like the the ridges around the eyes everything stays completely just concrete set in stone nothing Uh moves at all like its mouth does look like i've seen some videos where people are trying to like slow-mo doing like a slow-mo uh look at the tape and showing that the eye does move and but and i watched it and i'm like i don't see anything moving man i don't either I, i i don't i don't know what you're looking at and trust me, I wanted to believe this was real. I, I bet Josh wanted to believe this was real. Oh, I knew like, it was We want to I... believe that these videos are real, but they more than likely are not. And the reason for that is if there are real videos, we will never see them. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, that I, I knew it wasn't real because if, that, if, the, if this video were real, then we would have heard about this tape before now. But the reason why we haven't or, heard about it is because yeah. people have de- they've debunked it, they've Although, moved past it, and they don't even bring it up. There hasn't been a lot of people that have debunked this, though, interestingly enough. Like, there hasn't really been a lot of information that's come out after this that has debunked it entirely. So unlike the alien ab- uh, abduction, like alien abduction, like the, uh, the alien autopsy video... There really hasn't been anything that's outright debunked it entirely. So there's a lot of uh, questions regarding that. And I don't think it's real. I want to think it's real, but I don't believe that it is in large part because they interviewed one of the biggest possible experts when it comes to this kind of effect in Rick Baker who is an Academy Award-winning makeup effects artist, a man whose work I admire and I love, and I actually did get to meet in person, by the oh. way. Oh, nice. He's a really cool guy. And he was just saying it looks like a puppet. You know, I've done a lot of puppet work. You know, when it start, when the alien starts to, to move its head and it starts choking, like, it looks very puppety. You know, he talks I about loved- how the... I, like I loved when they brought the makeup artists in because they yeah. both they both saw took like one look at that and they're like, 
Yeah, no, I, this is not real. Uh, uh, John uh-huh. Criswell even uh-huh. went as far as to go. Um, w- he's like, I could have done a better alien than that. Yeah. And, 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 and so I, does Rick. Yeah, Rick says the same thing. He's like, he's like, we have done better aliens than that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Rick says that. So it was just really cool to see Rick. It was also cool to see his, uh, what his uh, house was looking like at that time with all the props and everything. That was probably one of the coolest things about the special is just, just to see like all the cool uh, makeup effects props that he had on display. Um, and just to see Rick. I was not expecting to see Rick. So that was a really cool surprise. And I just loved how you know he was just like, nah, this is fake. You know? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's the kind of guy he is. Like he tells it like it is, and you know, John Criswell was I, I like, "This Rick. could have been. This could have been done in Hollywood in a minute, like easily." Yeah, yeah. Uh, then the you then is, you got the then you got these. It, up- Go ahead, Mike. If it is real, like that's the other thing. Like if it actually is a real tape, that once again falls into the whole thing where we just have this really inherent thing that happens where when we see something like this, we're just skeptical about it because of everything that has been thrown at us when it comes to UFOs and aliens and, and so on in the media. Uh, but at the same time, until I see anything otherwise, until I really see something that is a little more, uh, I guess, authentic than this, then I, I'm I'm not gonna buy into it, not just because of what's been thrown at me by the media over the years, but because of just you know my personal belief system. Like I just don't, and and from someone who has researched and has been really into make makeup special effects for the majority of their life, like I I've seen behind the scenes stuff where they've made things like that. I and I've seen it done better. I've seen the behind the scenes photos. I've seen, you know, footage and it doesn't even look that convincing when it comes to a makeup effect. Well, so the two makeup artists who really would probably know best if you're just going off of an image, uh, they're calling bullshit on it. But then the other two experts, an image analyst uh, was saying that he believed the tape itself was real as far as like, there, you know, it, it was a continuous filming. There was no trickery in the editing or anything like that. But then, then they save uh, the coup de gras for their, um, you know, the the film or the show's hoping to convince you thing. Robert Dean, this uh-huh. old the, this old fart with long ass hippie hair. He was the former NATO commander. And man, Robert Dean has a moment when he's watching this video because yes, he does. He, he's like watching it on the couch and. You know, they're asking him what he thought of it, and he's like... He gets really emotional. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, look look how they're treating him. They're treating him just like an animal, like a dog. And he's like, "You, you I, if this is real, and, and, and to me it very much looks authentic, uh, you guys have really got something here. I don't, I don't even know how you got this. I don't want to know how you got it, because the security levels that, it, it, that you would have to have to get... Something like this are are beyond top secret, and he was just like, yeah, fully convinced. But I mean, absolutely, you know, he's an older gentleman, you know. Well, I Paul- think it's also he's a, like a UFO nut. Like this is the kind of thing that he's like really into. 
like so he's more biased than some other people because of the fact that he wants to believe how do we know he's so a ufo much. nut it never really established that i think it did like they talked about how he was involved with a few things and you know but might have written some books or something like that i, I thought yeah, i remember let me listen to what it actually something says like that. real quick i mean i could be wrong uh, i have been in the past okay yeah it says ufo expert robert dean yeah okay yeah so you're right yeah okay so yeah so yeah this that <laughs> there's there's a big difference between a hollywood makeup artist who is you know these uh, i'm i'm sure they went in with their own biases but they were open well, yeah, to, if, of course. If, if, if they saw something that that was that was truly an organic being as makeup artists, they would be able to know, you know, yeah. like, I mean, like they they work day in and day out with all kinds of different techniques and this, that and the other. They would at least be like, I can't tell uh, if it's fake, then they did a really good job, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but, you know, they pretty much called it as they saw it. So then you got Robert Dean, the UFO expert. Um, yeah, he, he he was reacting to it like some some people react to movie trailers on YouTube. Like you expected him to just start crying at one point while he was watching the footage. Um, it, it was an early uh, precursor to the the trend of uh, reaction videos <laughs> that, that that's going on right now on the internet. Uh, I hate that trend. <laughs> what what is it? The reaction video trend. Uh, uh reaction like, videos suck. Like the Fine Brothers stuff. Well, not Te- the Fine Brothers stuff. Uh it, it's it's spread into just all these channels of people just reacting to movies for the first time with just really rehearsed bad acting or just people watching stuff and thinking they're genuinely entertaining when it comes to their reactions like people like a couple watching robocop and then in one scene when robocop does a clothesline and sends a guy into a a a, a cooler oh he ruined the cooler who's you know they should pay for that insurance like haha hilarious wow great commentary and so we just have all these channels that are popping up and you get people who are getting like millions not necessarily millions but like thousands like hundreds of thousands of views with these reaction videos and sometimes the reactions are they're just nothing they're 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 as entertaining as you think they would be somebody just sitting there staring at a tv and then every now and then like haha what their algorithms have been what their algorithms have (laughs) been serving me up lately which i find is really weird and kind of exploitive to some degree Mm -hmm. it's like black people reacting to like rock bands or metal bands or crazy this that or the other i definitely think some of that is fake too like come on it's like the stuff you see like reacting to acdc like yeah it's like oh they like fucking break (laughs) you've seen a marvel movie right 
I know that you've seen some of the Iron Man films. I know that you've heard ACDC before. So I'm saying it's kind of fucked up. Like it's like I've, yeah. to me, it's like mildly racist. Like oh, black people yeah. could never have heard of Rush or Iron Maiden. You know, this yeah. is the first time they've ever heard. You know, it's just like eh, you know, I get the angle. It's like. Uh, oh, a, a, a different culture is reacting to mainstream culture. Look how crazy, blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I hate seeing it because it's just like, if, like I said, it, would, it feels very exploitive yeah. to me. You know? I think it would be just as exploitive if it was like white people react to rap, you know? Or, 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 or like, stuff uh, like that. Like a strip... Uh, was it uh, NWA's Straight Outta Compton, like white guy reacts to Straight Outta Compton. And it's like... Yeah. Oh my gosh! It's like, dude, we we all live in the same country. We're all exposed. If if you have if I te- want to get that kind of stuff, I'll just watch CB4 and Phil Hartman's reaction to "Sweat from My Balls." Oh my, that's a very <laughs> deep cut reference that I do, I and probably many other people will not get. I I, I think that uh, you would actually get a kick out of that film though, because it's a I, parody of. of I rap. like anything Phil Hartman does for the most part. Yeah, he's pretty good in that. But, but um, anyway, as you can see, we're, we don't really want to talk about the alien interview anymore because it's a bunch of bullshit. Uh, it was an interesting special at the start because it's the kind of stuff that, like I said, I love, you know, talking about, you know, theories and conspiracies. And I just think it's an interesting idea that aliens might have collaborated with us in the past or still are when it comes to right. the technology. They started out with stuff that I agree about. They yeah. started out with stuff that like is pretty and, indisputable in UFO yeah. history. Like, and yes, speaking that of that, happen. we forgot to mention, which I thought was one of the uh, funniest uh, reenactments. Uh, and if it is true, it's, 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 it's pretty fucking hilarious that uh, there were the reason why they stopped the experiment uh, there was like another experiment where they had uh, a EBE, as I like to call it, and they had another EBE or like a couple EBEs and they gave them their own spot in uh, Area 51, like their own area to work in or, or, or uh, call home. And they created like a force field or something. Yeah, it was like some and, magnetic field. Yeah. And the aliens are like trying to communicate with these dumbass security guards or, or military MPs. MPs. And they're like, hey, don't come any closer. Explosives. Like your your bullets could, could uh, cause an explosion that doesn't react well with our field. And the MPs are like, oh, da, 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 and they just walk in. <laughs> the field and they get they get they uh get blown up somehow their bullets um, like go off and they end up with saying, these yeah. like head wounds which yeah if you ask me that's like that's that's like another magic bullet thing you know like uh, do, were they using magic bullets as well the same one that killed kennedy because like how does yeah if your gun is holstered uh well, I, maybe they drew their guns and pointed at the alien, and yeah. Even still, like, how does the bullet? Did it backfire through the backside of the gun through your head? Like, how did how did they end up with head wounds? Like, I don't, especially well, maybe because of the explosion that resulted. I, I from it, my yeah, understanding, the magnetic field just made the bullets like yeah. you know discharge. Yeah, it just like, made them. There yeah, wasn't discharge. really there wasn't really an explosion. It just made their bullets like discharge. No, like, I I I, th- I thought it was something along the lines of an explosion. Like they were talking about, like uh, it seemed like the aliens were trying to warn them, but they didn't understand what they were trying to. I'm just I just think that's a hilarious uh, image. Of I know the we talked just, about 
we frantically about- trying to be like, hey, hey, don't, don't come over here. And then they're like, just keep walking forward. Seriously, then- seriously. Like one of us just farted. It smells awful. <laughs> Stay over there. It's it's really bad. You don't want to come. Oh, okay. Now you're dead. I tried to tell you. God damn it. Um, I don't, I know we mentioned this off the podcast. I don't, I literally forgot if we talked about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Did, did you bring up the fact about how like the, you thought the recreations looked good when they were in black and white. And then at some point in the show, yeah, they switched I to mentioned color that earlier here. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I I just yeah it, it the re- the recreations in black and white there was an eerie quality to them like it worked because of what they were trying to go for like this yeah. kind of gritty top secret footage kind of thing and then they would cut to color and then it would just look really that's where the 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 cheapness of the the alien makeup effects would really show. Because yeah. in black and white, able to hide some things a little bit better, but like in color, then all the warts, all the seams, all this other stuff, like the really cheap material they use for the uniforms, like all of that was just glaringly obvious. I mean, I, I know they didn't have a uh, predator budget or an alien budget, but uh, Jesus Christ. That's why. Just keep it black and white. <laughs> I I just watched Predator for the first time the other night. Really? I had never seen it. I I thought it was okay. Um, yeah. I don't I don't really see how it's cited as one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's best movies. I think it's absolutely one of his best. Easily. Really? Hands down. I don't. I mean, because I just, it it showed him against a foe that really was. A match for him or like really physically towered over him just totally kicked his ass and it, physically and it made it so arnold had to use his wits and to use his mind in order to stop uh whoever is hunting him i, I really like i'm not, I'm not that. saying it, i'm not saying it was a bad movie i guess like just you know, when you don't see a movie for so many years, but you hear about it and you goddamn all the fucking yeah. re- get to the chopper and all the references. Well, I, I'm you, tired of get to the chopper. I, I oh, that's yeah. not even one of my favorite quotes from that film. I like stick but, around better. I like quotes from other characters better. I think it's not just, it's it, it's not the best standalone Arnold movie. I will agree with that because yeah. his character of Dutch, he's not really the main focus all the time it's an ensemble film so it really does focus on this team of uh of soldiers or mercenaries yeah but it just it like after all the hype of so many years of people talking about how great predator was when i finally saw it i was like i could see how this would have been a really well-liked movie in the like late 80s when it came out but now it's uh, felt, felt, felt very basic, especially like the Predator when it showed from how Predator saw things like it looked very like crappy old school. I didn't PC have a graphics. problem with that because that's what they had to work with at the time. Like, well, right. I at mean, the time, it was fine. Um, but, but I will say, though, two things about the movie. Um the costume of the Predator, holy Yeah, the shit. makeup effects by Stan Winston. Here's another interesting thing about that. Uh, that was all done super last minute because the original makeup design was 
massively inferior and weird and Jean-Claude Van Damme of all people was playing the alien and uh, according to what sources you hear Van Damme either got hurt and then quit or he got fired and they wound up last minute having to change things up and uh, Stan Winston was brought on board and he came up with that design uh, with a little bit of assistance from James Cameron and uh, did it while he was on the plane to South America. Wow. Like he came up with the design at that point. It looked it looked incredible. And I know nowadays they would just do a CGI bullshit, you know, and that's the difference is like back then. You know, some of the some of the digital effects were a little bit mm. more crude, but good lord, those practical yeah. effects were just like good mind score blowing. too by uh, um, Alan Silvestri. Uh, now, and... now Mike's mu- uh, a movie nerdum is coming out, guys. I just activated <laughs> it. Well, Predator is awesome. Uh, it's, um, a, it's a classic. I'd say my favorite line from that movie is "You are one ugly motherfucker." Yeah, that's a great line. <laughs> and a se- the second thing I'll say about Predator is years from now when. Arnold Schwarzenegger passes away, and 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 kid like we, like we start showing our kids like movies with him, or people hear a clip of him talking, and they're like, "How was he ever uh, a mo- one of the biggest movie stars?" When you watch a movie like Predator, even though he's got this crazy Bavarian accent, he's so fucking likable, yeah. and he's so like. I, you, just, you just like the guy at, at, from watching the movie, and I've you know, granted, I go in with a little bias because I've seen him. He's loaded with tr- charisma, yeah, very like, charismatic. I, and it's like you can put the guy in anything. You can put him in a comedy; he's great. You can put him in an action movie; he's an action hero. You know, it's like he's just so likable. You know, and, and in that movie, even like even still, yeah. like it's like yes, this guy should be the leading man in this movie. If I even though he's got this crazy accent, he's just got. An unmatched uh, charisma. Yeah, and then I also hated how uh, Jesse Ventura was in the movie because man, did that guy turn out to be a fucking nutcase? Well, yeah, but, um, but at the time he wasn't a nutcase yet, and he was just kind of coming off of his time at, in WWF. So I don't know. I didn't like his his performance in the film. It's not like he's in it a lot. It's sad too because it's like, why couldn't you just stay that guy? Why'd you have to yeah. turn into nut nutcase Fruit Loop? Why yeah? Why couldn't you just stay the like this stuff will turn you into a goddamn sexual Tyrannosaurus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, boy, did he have to go off the deep end. Yeah, uh, he started believing in predators probably being real. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, speaking of uh, predator. Uh, it, at least you thought it was uh, worth watching, and and that's yeah. fine. I mean, not not everything is going to be for everyone, at least on the same level. Uh, I do recommend if you're curious about more Predator stuff, like I do recommend Predator Two. I think it's a really exciting, fun sequel. You got Danny Glover who plays the lead, uh, and you also have Bill Paxton in the cast, uh, Gary Busey, and uh, the Predator has like weapons and stuff and he's in the he's in LA so there's like a whole different sort of uh visual style oh, presentation cool. to things. Yeah, cuz that whole movie, the first one, the whole movie takes place in the jungle. I yeah, mean, Predator 2 takes see. place in Los Angeles in the middle of like a record heat wave. And mm. uh it's it's a it's a good one too. Uh, I would definitely rather watch Predator and Predator 2 back to back or even any of the Alien vs Predator movies than this special again because it was just one of those things where it, it was worth a watch once for the laughs 
and and for some of the interesting stuff in the beginning but other than that like i'll i'll never watch this again and it's a no. shame because i was really into it in the at first i was like oh this is this is good this is everything i love about this kind of stuff and then victor shows up and starts and, and running Rocket his mouth films shows yeah. up and look at this tape that we bought off of this guy and, mm-hmm. and i and, and as you heard in the the clip that i played you know that they even asked him you know like you, you know basically why do, do you do you realize essentially that making us pay you money for this film like hurts your credibility and he's just basically saying like I feel like it was a small price to pay to cover any any eventualities that may happen to me as a result of this and tape being happened. released. <laughs> yeah, because no one because it was clearly like a fucking fake ass Jim, not even Jim Henson quality puppet show. I I you know I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. I think for a lower budget pro, for what they were probably working with, especially for the time. It was a decent looking practical effect. I Dude, mean, I, I can tell you right now, I can I, I have an alien head. I can I could shoot something that looked just like that. Like I really could. And I don't think you would be able to recreate the 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 puppet work. The mouth moving the, no, I would I would dress up like the puppet. I'd just have to get an alien head with a moving mouth. Which which reminds me, uh <laughs> I totally got ripped the fuck off. There was some website, it was one of those stupid advertisements um, uh-huh. of like mask for a mask website. And the ma- the website and someone even made a YouTube video about this and I couldn't believe it because it's like, oh yeah, I was one of those suckers. Like in the video, the alien head is moving its mouth and it looks super real and everything. And then I buy it and it's just this cheap ass latex party city. The mouth oh, doesn't shit. move. It smells like shit. Damn. There's like, yeah, I got, I I mean, yeah, I think I paid like. You got screwed. I mean, you got granted, probed. <laughs> granted, it was very cheap. So I should have known better. Cause like, if you get like a really well-made mask, it's going to cost you a couple hundred bucks at least. Like, I think mine was I got like two for like forty five bucks, so it's kind of like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What what did you expect? But yeah. still, that was like it's kind of like what did you expect fuck? from uh, Area Fifty One alien interview? <laughs> you know, yeah. you're you're gonna get ripped off. Yeah, that was uh, the party something. city of uh, interview of uh, alien <laughs> interviews. It wasn't as entertaining and batshit as something like uh, the the uh, alien abduction one that we saw with that guy and his crazy nipples. So it wasn't oh, his really, sensitive nipples, yeah, yeah, wasn't wasn't as, as uh, batshit as that. So it doesn't wasn't as entertaining in that regard. I keep forgetting uh, about that fucking thing. I need to show that to more people because it's so bad, it's good. I, um, yeah, I know. Uh, I just love the encounters where like the aliens in his backyard, and he and, and the he fucking loved Photoshop, yeah, yeah. He loved using the three like little gradient filters to like uh-huh. show like. See, these are three different yeah. filters that I have in Corel Draw, uh-huh. like Microsoft or Windows 95's Corel Draw. I just threw these, put it's these three filters over the alien. As this stooge, Victor, successfully being able to copy uh, an interview tape or steal a, a, a DVD copy of it or CD or whatever from from uh, this top secret government base, and then for them not to not to know. And not to figure it out before he even walks out the door. Like, supposed to be super top secret, level 66 security or whatever the hell. And they don't have any other fail safes. They don't have other security devices. They don't have, like, oh, 
each CD has a security tag on it, you know? I mean, you got fucking Danny Gordon from the Unsolved Mysteries episode, the Withville, Kentucky UFOs, and, you know, he starts probing into the whole UFO thing, and literally the government starts, like, coming down on him in very subtle ways, like... He's getting these mysterious phone calls. People are breaking into his house, trying yeah. to steal his niggas. I mean, and this guy is just a local radio DJ yeah. who's just talking about it uh-huh. on the radio, and he's just trying to get more information. This Victor guy is going on national television, and this show is airing this video about It's like, yeah, right. Uh-huh. The, the, yeah, the government's going to be real cool with that. And he's also supposed to be a part of the program. Like, come on. like You, you know that that he wouldn't be able to get away with that. Probably would have shot his ass before he even got out the door. I mean, first of all, the government would find out that they were going to air this show to begin with, somehow or another. They would find out before it aired, and they would be like, uh, yeah, you're not going to air this. Like, you know, if they felt like there was any credibility to it whatsoever. Or, you know, I'm, I'm playing the devil's advocate here again. They would just be like, oh, whatever, air it. No one's going to believe you. No one's going to believe it. So the government is like the 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 politician's son who takes advantage of a girl and says, "Yeah, go ahead and tell tell everyone. No one will believe you. No one will believe you. I'll just call you a whore. My dad's Newt Gingrich." That's basically what the government's doing to these uh, cable networks. <laughs> but uh, it a was whore. My name's <laughs> Kyle. Hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! Sounds like a, a a really douchey relative of uh, of uh, Beavis or Butthead. <laughs> what? What? Did you just call me a a douche? I'll fucking hurt you. I'll hurt you. I'll kill you. Hell yeah! Nice boobs. That's a new voice. I, that's a new voice I just discovered. I liked doing. Uh, hi everyone. My name's Kyle. Kyle, show me your boobs. I'll say hell yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, well, I don't know what happened just then. I he gotta, does sound like he's related to Butthead. <laughs> uh, 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 shut up, Kyle, you bunghole. Um, yeah, I guess that's. I guess that means <laughs> that we're done talking about the alien auto or uh, alien uh, interview or whatever. Yeah, this this what interview the, was terminated. <laughs> what if the alien was interviewing for a job at at uh, Roswell? I would like to work at your Starbucks. I really like your mocha latte with extra milk. I don't know. That wasn't funny. I hope nobody laughed at that. <laughs> um, all right. So anyway, if you want more of the podcast, or if actually, if you want to control what the hell we talk about, you can go on patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. That's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. And for a certain amount of money, I don't remember how much it is. I think $5, that's right. You could, uh... Is this the we, radio host version of uh, David Miscavige? <laughs> we will talk, talk about whatever you want us to talk about. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that was either. Um, so yeah, you become a Patreon member, you can, you can, t- you can make us your bitch. And you can uh, say, hey. Well, that's graphic. I want you to... Uh... Oh, yeah. Now, I remember something I was going to say. Uh, so, going back to that interview with Victor and how, like, the, uh, the the interviewer asking the questions was such bullshit and how it was clearly uh-huh. bullshit. So, Victor's talking about how, like, the aliens are trying to express concepts that um, 
are way too advanced for us. And then yeah. he makes the analogy that that would be try that would be like trying to explain quantum physics to your dog. And then the interviewer goes, "That's not a very flattering depiction of humans." Yeah, and, like what yeah. legitimate interviewer would respond with that? Like, would you just got your feelings hurt just then? Uh-huh. Like. You, you, you don't think that... Uh, I thought it's... that was an interesting thing they brought up, though, that there were a lot of uh, people who were in the program who quit because they couldn't handle it because it was such a blow to their ego. Right. They they realized all the things they didn't know and couldn't know and all that. But yeah. Anyway, going back to finishing this shit. Um, <laughs> if you want to join our Facebook group, you could do so by going to facebook.com, go to the group section, type in Uncovering yeah, Unexplained Mysteries. Aren't we? <laughs> oh yeah we're all over the place um yeah type in uncovering unexplained mysteries join our group it's better than liking our page because that page is just it does nothing um and finally if you want to catch us on youtube separately maybe you like mike's vibe a little more than you like my vibe you can find mike's youtube page he's a movie buff at uh youtube.com slash OCP communications. The links to our podcast channels, by the way, are in the description of this podcast. So you can just go and find it, click on it from there. Mike, what was the last video you did? Um, uh, the last video I did is a review of the original death wish, which I'm surprised I haven't gotten any death threats yet because I'm not really a big fan of it because <laughs> it's a, it's a well-known, well-regarded, uh, highly acclaimed 70s film, and I just I just thought it was pretty below average. It had some moments, but I liked a lot of the other films that came after it when it comes to that genre, and I even liked a lot of the sequels better, including the remake with Bruce Willis. But I also uh, uh, will be posting in the near future a review of the new Batman film, which I actually did go and see in the theater, and I really liked it. It surprised the hell out of me. I thought it was just going to be yeah. okay, but I thought it was pretty impressive, and I would definitely recommend checking that one out. If you're oh, into, I plan on watching it. If you're into Batman, if you're wanting to see a more detective-orientated take on a, a Batman film where he's in the center of it all, trying to solve a crime, it, it, in a lot of ways it's like, David Fincher 7 meets Chinatown and and Batman is trying to stop the Riddler who in this film is very highly inspired by the Zodiac Killer. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm excited to see that one. Yeah, speaking of Chinatown, there's just some movies that that are classics that I I just don't connect with and Chinatown is definitely one of them. Um, I could see that. I I've I rewatched it recently because I remember not really caring for it back in the day, and I rewatched it and I'm just like, yep, I have the same amount of lack of interest. <laughs> yeah, uh, now that I did back then. Now it's I feel different. that I, way about Citizen Kane. Yeah, I still haven't seen that one. I just it's like I don't know. It's like I I only have you know so many hours of my day, and it's like, do I want to do I want to spend it on a movie that I may end up just like totally not liking or getting or mm-hmm. i don't know i will say I, this get prepared because the batman's a long movie it's a long film it is not a short film by any means well i usually watch movies from the comfort of my own home so i will watch it that way and i will probably break it up into sessions 
That's what I that's what I usually do anyway. It's rare that I sit through um a whole movie. Two two movies I've seen I've rewatched recently, both Denzel Washington movies, uh that I forgot how great they were was uh John Q and Flight. Yeah. Both great movies. Anyway, that's Mike's channel. If you want to go see his videos, go over there. If you want to take a looky loo at my channel, it's um, more music oriented. I do reviews. I talk about music uh, in general. I have our band's music videos on the channel. I do vlogs, all the other kind of stuff. There's some video game content in there too. It's youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. And again, that link is in the description of this podcast. The last video I did was um, how the Tony Hawk soundtrack changed uh, video game soundtrack history. It was one of the first video games to use licensed songs by real artists instead of the in-house composer. Um, It was not the first to do it, but it was the one that made the most impact because that game went on to become uh, one of the most popular and highest-selling sports-related games in history. And um, a lot of bands got their one hit wonder status from the Tony Hawk games because they weren't getting any radio play. But as soon as they got onto a Tony Hawk soundtrack, they became immortalized. And, um, you know, some kids probably explored deeper into the band's catalog. And there's a lot of of people who have a ton of nostalgia for that. Probably. I'm not one of them. I really wasn't into that whole trend at the time. Skating wasn't really my thing. Neither was skating video games. Uh, but uh, oh, I, de- I definitely was. That, I, yeah. that was like all my friends were into that uh-huh. shit, and it was one of those things where like the were culture. You ever t- good at skating? No, I sucked so bad because I was fat. <laughs> yeah, I was awful at skateboarding. Like you know how hard it is to ollie when you have like okay, so like most skateboarders are like skinny. They probably weigh about 150 pounds if they're a guy, maybe 140. And on top of the natural muscle strength you have as a guy, skateboarding, you know, you can like, like jump higher, you can, your your, uh, stamina is longer, you know, your balance is better and all that. Now try strapping like two 45 pound weights to that 150 pound (laughs) skateboarder and see how easy it is for them to ollie and for them to do this. That's essentially what I was working with. When I was, uh, you know, the same age as my friends yeah. who were all, you know, getting how, good how at it. How do you shit. feel about the decline of, of the Tony Hawk video game series? Because it seems like a pretty steep and pretty sad decline from what I've I mean, been researching. It, it only hurt. It, don't, it only bru- uh, bruises my nostalgia more than anything mm-hmm. else because um, like those those games tied in with the culture so much like skateboarding was so big from like 98 to like 2000 and and it was it was so big was it made such a big mark of popular culture that i i I completely forgot that it was not something from that era like it wasn't like an invention something that became really popular around that time like when i right see like a documentary from the late 70s with skateboarders or you know see other skateboarding films like prior to that or you know it's one of those things where you're like what like okay like i i didn't know skateboarding was like a thing prior to the 90s you know that kind of thing like it seemed like it's i one mean of those things i only learned like, i only learned about it as a result of playing like uh, it's for me it started out with buying the toys buying the tech deck skateboards the tech decks, i do remember those i remember Pl- that 
very vividly. With and pe- then you start playing with the tech decks. Yeah. Then you start playing the video games. Then you start actually skateboarding. You get your first skateboard. You get the shoes were really big, like what skate shoes. Like you get your first pair of real skate shoes, and you are, are judged. Yeah. On your on your on what skate shoes you got. Of course, my mom gets me more of an off-brand uh, for my first pair because, you know, she oh, was all cheap. Oh, man, you got judged harsh then. <laughs> it was a pretty harsh judgment, probably. Yeah, right? uh, you know, like, she cheaped out on poser. everything growing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, you know, because, like, all the cool kids were getting, like, Osiris's, those big, fat, fucking puffball skate shoes. They uh-huh. had the D3s, and then you had the uh, DC shoes were really big and, um, like, audio which I eventually got a pair of. Um, but it was so ridiculous. Wasn't there back a brand the- that was just called Skater? Didn't that, didn't that ultimately become a thing? Like, I could I could be completely wrong. I might be thinking about some, like, a film that was just using some fake knockoff. No, not to my knowledge. That yeah. wasn't a real brand. <clears throat> yeah, but anyway, like, it, it, it all went together, like, with the culture. So basically, when I got out of skateboarding, I also stopped having a desire to want to play the skateboarding themed games. Um, and I didn't hang out with my friend, like friends who skated anymore. Like pretty much as soon as I started getting more into music, I-, I started caring less and less about like the Tony Hawk games. Um, so like, you know, the decline, it, it goes along with, um, you know, like hot topic being hot or being popular. And then as soon as people's tastes change, the store is declining or as soon as it just became like a a giant meme like a lot of people felt that it was like not a a cool place to be at anymore well yeah i mean it just it it it, like things come they're trends you know it comes and goes and you know that's a good that's a good point like that's kind of what happened with the tony hawk series but at the same time there were other skating games that kind of came up yeah, another like like one one of the big complaints about the Tony Hawk games is that like even though um in in my video I said it was the most authentic game at the time, yes, at the time it was the most authentic, but one of the big complaints was the game really didn't control like like you would if you were really skateboarding. Like the you know to to execute a trick or to like, you know, gain speed, you just simply had to hold down a button and then you know, do another button push and he would do a kickflip. Uh, I think the skate series of video games yes. was a lot more realistic yes. with the controls. And, and that's the reason why they pretty much took over that market yeah. is because the Tony Hawk series never really evolved. And even when it tried to, it was just such a train wreck. Like the the most recent games, like I've seen playthroughs, it's a janky fucking mess that has all these fucking issues, doesn't even run properly. The whole thing where where Tony Hawk tried to tap into the motion control thing. Oh like, God, that game was a complete uh, disaster. Yeah, Tony Hawk's ride. Uh huh. Yeah, that that game is legendarily mocked. Um, and that's probably yeah, the just, moment where Tony Hawk really, mm-hmm. really took a a, a a huge fall when it comes to uh, the way that people looked at him in the and you know the gaming community and and with the skating games in general when he when he came out with that yeah i just remember playing like uh, just had a curiosity a sell out kind of thing like did this for man, the money mike i gotta say man you've got you were doing so well i don't know if it's the covid booster but your interrupting is is cu- got come back with a, a fury 
Like, good God. I was like right in the middle of saying something and you just like interject and it's like, sorry, Mike, I'm, I thought I'm we on, worked I'm our way on, through like, this. I'm on the equivalent of fucking speed with these fucking drugs, so my apologies. Oh, okay. Well, that would explain it then. <laughs> that would be like talking to a coke head who's like <laughs> jacked up on coke and they're like, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't wait for you to finish. I, I just gotta say what I gotta say. Yeah, you know, that's great. You know, it's like, uh, so I can understand that. Um, the fuck was I gonna say? I don't remember. Whatever, skateboarding. I gotta leave you, for my you, gig soon. Anyway, uh, you were you were just talking about uh, Tony Hawk ride or something like that. Oh, I remember playing Tony Hawk's Underground and like just out of and I I uh, this was when I was just miscellaneously and indiscriminately acquiring like any and all video game when I was like, I don't know why I felt the need to be like that kind of video game collector, but I was just trying to acquire any game I could get my hands on just so I could build my library, which was so like, now that I've gotten rid of all, most of my games, it was just like the dumbest thought ever. Like, why did I do that? But anyway, uh, and one of the bundles I ended up getting was Tony Hawk's underground, which was like many Tony Hawk's away from the last one I had played, which was four. And I remember playing the game and thinking how little had actually changed about the actual gameplay and the missions and shit. Um, but they added this element where you could like get off your skateboard and walk around and like jump and climb on top of houses and stuff. And I'm like, what? What is the like? I was just like, man, they're just running out of ideas with this series. They need to put this to bed, but they didn't. <laughs> uh, all Did right. You ever anyway, play ride. No, I I never even owned a Wii. My brother yeah. got a Wii, but I like honestly when the Wii came out because like I was for some reason I was like big like on Nintendo, like I was a big Nintendo loyalist and you know, GameCube came out. Before that, we had the, you know, Super Nintendo and Super uh Nintendo 64 and all that. We just always bought the Nintendo systems. I think actually my brother deviated in like 99 and got a Dreamcast. But um, when uh, the Wii came out uh, and they were like, yeah, it's only motion control. That's it. I'm like, Nintendo, you fucking turned your back on me. Like, I don't want to use force motion controls. And it's like, well, that's how you got to do it. This is our fucking gimmick that we feel the need to push on to people. And it worked. Man, it worked. They sold a ton of consoles. Oh yeah, they sold a ton, a ton of consoles. They they got people who never even played a fucking video game to My pick up their little nunchucks. Bought a Wii. Yeah, <laughs> so, I fucking yeah. hated. I hated it. I hated the Wii. I hated the force motion controls. And um, I can see that that would be like if Nintendo, like back in the day, was like, "Nope, uh, you got to use the power glove." <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like, just give me a fucking controller. Like, don't make force me to use like these this weird system that no one has ever done before. But then at the same time, like I think like they realized that and were like, "Oh, you can use the buttons on it." <laughs> or they would come and then out they came with out, other controllers that you could like the, use for the Wii. No, that not really. Like the the only controllers, the only reason they had controllers was to play the retro games from the yeah. from the Wii shop, the game yeah. shop or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was not an officially released Wii game where you could use a physical controller. And there was a lot of them I wanted to play. There was like a Metroid Prime 3 game on there, uh, the Legend of Zelda game on there, but they were all geared around using the fucking motion controls. And even the remastered 
Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword that they released for the, the Nintendo Switch, um, the the controls are so janky and awkward on the Switch that like it's unplayable. Like it, these games really were specifically geared to use those stupid nunchucks. So they lost me. So I stopped. I I pretty much stopped playing uh, video games for like a solid like five or six years. And then I got back into playing them when um, towards the end of the cycle of the Wii U because mm-hmm. uh, K- KG and Afude put out Mighty Number no. Nine, which yeah. was supposed to be a, a, a spiritual successor to the Mega Man series, which is like some of my favorite video games. And of all that time. game's a whole other story. And that altogether. game it turned out to be a complete shit show, like completely like <laughs> not not a fun game at all. Like I was so disappointed, but. I'm like, well, I already have the fucking Wii, Wii U. I might as well buy because they finally like got their heads out of their ass for the Wii U, and and all the games were you use the the pa- the controller, or they they had the game pad, but you could also just buy what they called the Pro controller, which didn't have the screen on the controller or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just a normal ass. It's like they finally like got it. Like, oh yeah, maybe hardcore gamers don't want to use a, all these gimmicky bullshits. Anyway, I could talk about that for a long time. I got a gig I got to get ready for. So, uh, yeah, for uh, anyone who's listening still, (laughs) thanks for hanging in there. Uh, Until next time, uh, we will talk to you later. Bye-bye. See ya.